the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Al Johnson, and our producer, Ad Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Our special guest today is John Pendleton. John is a creation evangelist in Central America. He has an interesting background, having B.S. in chemistry from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He did some undergrad work in cancer research. He was a mechanic for a period of time. <laughs> and you explained this one to me, John. You lay claim to be a mid-husband six times. What's that mean? <laughs> That's right. You've heard of, everybody's heard of a midwife, okay? Okay. Well, the thing was is that I learned early to be with my wife when, when she gave birth, and that was in hospitals, and just learning more and other groups that were supportive of us of natural birth that we were able to uh, have six home births at which I was the catcher in six occasions different places I always had a backup person except for uh, my second uh, home birth was Aaron my wife was in labor for almost 72 hours but uh, everything came out fine so yes well, I congratulate you. got real guts. My wife wouldn't let me in the delivery room, and truthfully, I didn't want to be there. So my congratulations to you. Now, well, I, I need to get a plug in because I know there's a there's a uh, <clears throat> the headquarters for the Bradley method that we got this book back in the early seventies. No, it wasn't even the, yeah the seventies. Uh, there was this guy, the Bradley method of he was. He, he promoted the thing of husbands coming into the delivery room as being a moral support to their wives. Ah. And uh, it's called the Bradley Method. and Just uh, really good. In, and uh, it's called Husband Coach Childbirth. I wish I'd given away a number of the books in English. I even bought it in Spanish to give it to people. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's excellent. I still take my hat off to you. If you talk to my wife, she says, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. And it is such a beautiful memory that I have for all of my children. I was there when you were born. And, of course, being able to receive them. um, The thing is, birth is uh, a natural process. I mean, think, uh, what do you think uh, Joseph and Mary did? I mean, they, you know, know, Joseph had to give a hand to Mary to give birth to Jesus. And and the thing, I mean, it's not brain surgery. We've got to learn a number of things. Uh, it's a natural process. Most of the irregularities are known way ahead of time, and they're very, very few by comparison. So there's uh, no things there. Bachelor of Science in Chemistry, the University of Wisconsin Madison. I don't think they taught you creation science at the University of Wisconsin Madison. How did you get into this? <laughs> Back in my days, it was it was known as the Berkeley of the Midwest. Uh, it was a wild. Uh, campus and uh, many mm, student 
action groups and things like that. Virulently against the Vietnam War, by the way. Yes. Okay, so they were, again, everything. That's fine. How did you get into creation science? Well, first of all, it was there while I was a student at University of Wisconsin-Madison uh, that I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ personally in my life through the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. My wife and I, well, we, we married for love, but also the understanding we were going to live and work full-time with Campus Crusade, which we did. And uh, then we left their staff, but always we were witnesses for Christ. And we read a number of uh, missionary books, and the short of the long, when my father-in-law passed away in uh, 1983, we had enough money to uh, go back to the mission field, and this time we decided to come here to Mexico. Actually, I'm talking to you from Mexico right now, central Mexico, a place called Zacatecas, spelled with a Z, uh, from Laredo, Texas. We're southwest up in the mountains, about 420 miles. And we've been residing here now for almost uh, 35 years. And so while here, our, our goal was that we came here with our eight children, came as independent missionaries. There's basically no mission group that will accept a family of eight. They figure well, they're going to spend all their time just living and carrying on when they're going to do mission work. But our, our best disciples are our children. But anyway, we came here with the intent to win people to Christ. And one of the things I did for evangelism is I would stand outside of one of the local high schools and talk to the students as they would come in or go out in groups and ask them all kinds of questions. They asked me questions about what I believed of evolution, and I just said, well, the Bible says that God created and that did it, and that's it. And I'm really sorry to say that as a, a chemist and a believer in the Creator, I knew nothing about creation. I mean, zero. And so I got a book that was uh, one of the few at that time. It was called The Collapse of Evolution by Scott, what's his name? Dr. Scott Hughes. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And I read that book, that opened my eyes like you can't imagine. And so I just began getting more and more things, and there was a student I was working with, and we were gonna build sort of a, a, a talk about evidence in favor of creation and against evolution. And my wife, when she heard about this, said, oh, John, you go for that. You're the creationist, or you know, you're the chemist, you're the scientist, you know, but don't expect me to get excited about it. I said, honey, you're gonna help me. How am I gonna help you? I don't like science, I don't understand science. I said, that's the point. 95% of the people that listen to me do not understand science, they don't like science, but they have all kinds of questions. If I can get this stuff together in such a way that you will like it, you will understand it, anybody can. Okay, so she took her job very seriously. I remember giving some of my first talks. She said, for 15 minutes, I know what you're talking about. I said, you're kidding. And then she says, well, what did you put this thing in there for? It had nothing to do with the talk. I said, you're kidding. I mean, she really took me to task. And I really learned to have an illustrated talk. And it gradually grew. I started putting this together. In 1991, when I was first studying, reading books, getting videos and everything, and finally I got it to the point that I had about seven half-hour talks. And I happened to be out in West Texas, where God's Learning Channel has its base at. And anyway, the church that invited me, they had a contact, and one of the ladies in the church said that this local 
things besides gospel singers and Bible studies. They had to have something for children or for youth. And so they took me over, introduced me to the uh, directors of the program, and they said, well, look, let's, let's make some things uh, of your programs. It'll be, you know, it's illustrated, it'll be for children, it'll be for teens, and we, we could do uh, seven in English, seven in Spanish. And so that was the beginning for me in 1997. And, uh, and of course, having made the programs, I was able to have the videos, which they made. And uh, my programs have grown over the years from seven half-hour programs to 20 half-hour programs covering a whole range of topics. And I've been invited to and gone to over 15 uh, countries in Latin America. I've had 20 debates with evolutionists in a public setting and always by vote of the public, creation has won. And so that's a little bit of a recap of what I've been involved in. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Al Johnson, and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking with John Pendleton, creation evangelist in Central America. You're fluent in Spanish. How did you ever get there from Madison, Wisconsin? Uh, Well, I did skip one little blip that I had. We'd known uh, some missionaries in Peru, South America, and uh, we just really felt the burden to do something more for the Lord. We just felt that every place we talked to people, oh yeah, I've already heard that, I've already heard that, you know. Not to say that there's no need for people to spread the gospel in the United States, but we saw the need for going someplace else. In 1978, we sold out, packed up, and went to uh, Peru, South America. Uh, my wife has studied Spanish in high school and university. I'd only studied Latin and French. But I began studying Spanish some every day and talking with the people from the church and, of course, the lady who worked for us for house cleaning and things. And just and I tried to sell little gospel portions that cost, like, I don't know, like five cents, uh, walking in the streets of these little towns and everything. By the time I'd been there six months, I gave my first open-air preaching in a, a public marketplace. Interestingly enough, by the grace of God, I found out nine months later that somebody got saved hearing me speak at that time. And so, but anyway, the short of the long was, after 15 months in Peru, our money ran out, our faith ran out, and we ran out back to the United States. Really were discouraged, and, and, but we still had the vision of sometime going back to Peru. And like as I mentioned before, in 83, my father-in-law died, and from the inheritance that my wife and brother-in-law split, we figured we had enough money to go back to Peru, and so we told the leaders of our church to be praying to give us counsel. And one later day, a lady says, well, why don't you go to Mexico? I said, sister, Mexico is our neighbor country. I said, I mean, for all practical purposes, that, that job has been done a long time ago. I said, in fact, look, let's say you have two countries, Peru and Mexico. And one has a thousand missionaries and the other one has a hundred. I said, which one would you go to? Oh, the one that has less missionaries. She didn't say any more. I didn't say any more. That was it. Later in the day, the Lord spoke to me. He says, John, are you sure about that Mexico-Peru thing? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are you 100% sure? Well, not quite. So I got my book of all the countries of the world and what their statistics were as far as how far the gospel had been penetrated there. Made a comp- comparison of Peru and Mexico made adjustment for population difference. Would you believe that Peru has over four times as many missionaries per capita 
as does Mexico. Most of the work into Mexico at that time was being done just from the border in about 300 miles. People would truck on down, do some missionary work, come back to U.S. or Canada. And I saw there were vast areas untouched with the gospel. So I shared with, with my wife and said, well, let's go to Mexico. And so the short of the longest, God directed us this place, like I said, Zacatecas, second highest city in Mexico. I live at over 8,000 feet above sea level, which means I live closer to God than you do. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so we've, uh, we've, we've been here since uh, 1984, become very fluent in, in our Spanish, and uh, we've seen people come to the Lord that are still going on for the Lord today. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletters. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed. Dr. Carl Williams and Ed Salzadel. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.